Say, through my life, many will be saved. Through my life, many will be healed. Through my life, many will be transformed. Do you know it's boring to live a very selfish life? Oh, it's boring. Trust me, it's boring. January to December, nobody got born again through your life. January to December, nobody got weakness. But you come to church every Sunday asking God to bless you, asking God to promote you, asking God to give you breakthrough. What is the purpose of the breakthrough if it's not becoming a blessing to somebody's life? Everywhere Jesus went, people came around him because what he carried spoke. And I speak over us this year, what we carry must speak in Jesus' name. You will not become a secret agent for God. God didn't call us to become secret agents. God called us to be open agents. Is that not so? Go ye forth into the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Tell somebody about Jesus. Pray for somebody. Talk to somebody about the word you are hearing. That's what we are. We are called by God to be a blessing. Is everybody paying attention to me? Please make sure you're listening to me. This year, you must be a testimony. Because what I want to put inside of you today will cause something to shoot out of your life in Jesus' name. God will cause you to take root downward and you will blossom upward in Jesus' name. And the reason you will blossom is so that others can come and pluck from your tree in Jesus' name. Lift your right arm. Say in the name of Jesus. I choose the fruitful life in 2024 and beyond. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I tap into the anointing to go forth and produce and to be fruitful and to bear more fruit and to see more lives drawn to God in Jesus name this year your testimony will not be without people's life it's not enough say God bless me with a child it's not enough God bless me with a job it's not enough God delivered me it's not enough God met my need all those are wonderful but it will be complete if others are being touched through your life I want to hear testimony when you come to church and say, you know what? I want to thank God in the month of February. God used my life to reach someone and somebody got born again. That's one of the most powerful testimony. That will be our testimony this year in Jesus' name. Yeah. See, I stopped being a tank. God didn't call us to be a tank, just to collect. God raised us to be a channel. Say, I am a channel of blessing. Say that with boldness. Say, I am a channel of blessing. Look at the neighbor. So you are a channel of blessing. 14 days, today is our 14 day of praying. Praying every day. And I want to congratulate those of you who, who engaged. It's important when prayers have been done, be part of it. The thing about prayer is that nobody can pray for you like you can pray for yourself. There's a place for personal prayer, which we did. And there was a place for general or corporate prayer, which we engaged with fasting from Monday till Friday. And, and I want you to know that God speaks when we pray. God moves when we pray. Are you hearing me? Do you understand what I said? God speaks when we pray. And God moves when we pray. And I've told you this, that God will not do anything in the life of a believer except he prays. Prayer has given God license or permission to intervene in the affairs of your life. Without prayer, we are not giving God the legal basis to enforce his will in our life. That's why prayer is very important. Any venture you begin that does not begin in prayer, God is not a part of it. Because it is true prayer, you agree with God. And the Bible says, can two walk together except they be what? Agreed. So through prayer, we agreed. And we've been praying along certain lines. 
And I thank God for that. Praise the Lord. When I was asking God what to preach, because we're in the series, and I told God yesterday, I don't want to speak what you have not given me to because today is a very special service. Look at the number say today is a very special service. Say with me, say, I came to encounter God today. Put your right hand on your chest. Say in the name of Jesus. I regard, I recognize that this moment, it's a moment of encounter. That's why I said don't move around. Those of you in equipment, minimize your talking. Sometimes when you talk, you miss the word. At every instant of this service, the impartation of the Spirit will be coming. Get ready to receive from God in Jesus' name. You see, when we get too distracted, we miss God. Do you understand that? When we get too distracted, we miss God. But when you are focused, you will receive. When God told Elijah, I was going to pick you, Elisha followed him to a point, and Elisha knew by the Spirit that God was going to separate him from Elijah. And, and, and when Elijah tried to lose him, Elisha refused. Elisha said, okay, now, since you don't want to go, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want a double portion of the Spirit that is upon you. Whatever is working in your life, I want it twofold. He said, you have asked a very hard thing. But nevertheless, when you see me taken, what you ask for will come. Do you understand that reply is a reply of focus? Many of us miss impartation because we are distracted. There is a point the Holy Ghost wants to drop something on you and you pick the phone and look at the chat or you chit chat with someone and you miss the flow. I pray in this service you will not miss the impartation. Let me tell you two things you must never forget. There are things that God will teach you and you will need to learn. But there are things you will need, you don't have to learn them, you have to catch them. Did you hear what I said? There is a place for learning and there is a place for impartation. They don't swap. There are things God will put inside you by impartation. But for you to catch impartation, you must be focused. Mentally focused. Don't sit in church and your mind is in a bar. Don't sit in church and your mind is in a pot of soup. Don't sit in church and you're thinking about the abai. You're going to eat after church. You are distracted mentally. God needs your mental and physical attention to receive encounters. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there are things. Paul said in Romans 1.14, he told the church in Rome, he said, I'm coming not only to teach you, but I'm also coming to put some impartation in your life. There are certain divine transmission of grace that will flow from my life to your life. These are divine substance that cannot be explained. They can only be received. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Years ago, I was watching Benny Hill. When I was in my secondary school, I was about to get into the university. And there's this pastor of a church, he's a, a general overseer, but you know, he opened his house for anybody to come. So myself and Pere will go and watch Benny tapes. That was how I got introduced to him. I didn't know him before from Jack. And I was watching him one day, everybody was in the room. You know, usually when you're in the parlor, so I'll be chit chatting, so I'll be talking, so I'll be laughing. All those kind. I didn't, I didn't have time for that one. I was just focused on the television. I was watching this guy. And I saw the power of God moving. And I said, Who's, Who is this human being? What kind of person is this? And what, what is making all this thing happen to the people? There was a hunger in my heart. Charity, are you here? Amen. There was a hunger in my heart. And the hunger was so intense. Let me tell you what happened to me. As I was watching the television, I don't know whether anybody saw it. Or me, I saw it. A light came out of him. In the, and this was an old program that he has done and has gone or passed. A light came out of him and entered me. I was like, whoa, what is this? After that day, 
a dimension of the spirit began to walk inside my life. The first experiment was anti-Arabic that it happened to. She complained of an, appendi an appendicitis kind of pain. And she came to me and Pare to pray for her. So we began to pray. Before God and mine, the only time I had seen that kind of thing was when he. But as soon as I prayed for her, we prayed for her, she fell. We thought we had killed our sister. So we asked her, get up, get up, get up. Ah. Myself and Pare looked at each other and said, ah, wait up, we don't die. It was a strange phenomenon for us. So we now opened our eyes like this. Whether the black one is still there. See, he did now. He did. So I said, she said, get up. Then she now got up. Ha! We said, okay, don't stand again. Maybe it's because you were standing. That's why you first sit down on the bed. I went to a church in, when I was doing my youth service. In campus, I had strange expressions. But it was traceable to that dimension of grace. It was so strange that I could walk into a place and the presence of God would just show up. I was hungry. I will never forget what happened. That's how I got to meet Pastor Wally Adifarasi. I went for youth service to see my friend in um, the one that gave me the car. And we went for an all night and when the all night, I told you the story, but I will never forget what happened. During that service, part of the dimension of the spirit that flow was what I contacted through a videotape. And we were all watching the tape together. That thing birthed ministries in me, birthed dimensions of grace, and I saw breakthroughs. And many of us come to church and we are not sharp. The message is going on. Many of us are looking at our wristwatch, you know, when will the service end so I can find my way and go and eat the food that you poo-poo very soon. Say, Lord, help me to be hungry. Help me to be focused. Ebenezer is sitting here. When he was invited to this church by a friend who usually comes for a Bible study, when he came to this church, he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He wasn't speaking in tongues. He's here. He will confirm what I'm telling you. How did he get baptized in the Holy Ghost? There are some of you who have laid hand, laid leg. Nothing is happening. It's not because we are not anointed. Something is wrong with your heart. You are not ready. I didn't lay hand. I didn't say anything. He was just looking at me instead of speaking in tongues. That was impartation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How hungry. There, there are some doors that must open in your life this year. But you need some impartation encounters to open them. They will not open because of your intelligence. They will not open because of your hard work. Because encounters are gift of grace. And any grace gift must be received. Are you hearing me? Because if you're not ready to believe and receive it, you're not going to have it. May you not miss God today. Did you hear what I said? May you know what? May you not miss God. May you not miss God. Hallelujah. Tell the number, I'll receive encounters today. I will receive encounters today. So I asked the Lord, what am I going to preach? And he gave me three inspirations. The latest one was the one he gave me while I was taking my bath this morning. And that's what I'm going to do. But let me lay this foundation with everybody. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm only preaching what he wants me to preach today. So anything I'm preaching here, what I'm about to teach you, I just received it when I got to church this morning. What I'm about to preach to you now. I, I got it as soon as I sat down because I told God, I don't want to say what I want to say. I want to say what you want me to say. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Are we there? Can we read it together, everybody? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what is he? is a new creature 
old things are passed away, behold, all things. Did he did say some things? All things are become new. That means to be in Christ is to be in the new. Is that not so? Whatever was old in your life passed away. And now all things are become new. Now, this is a legal fact. Whether your situation likes it or not, whether your circumstance likes it or not, whether the devil likes it or not, as far as heaven is concerned, the fact that you are in Christ, all things have become new. Now, say with me, say, it must be new in my experience. Say, I belong to the new. Say, I've been born into the new. The Bible says you've become a new creature. What is a creature? The Greek word for creature means a new being. Everybody say a new being. A new being. Why new? That means you become a being that has never existed before. You become a new being with no history. You didn't hear what I said. You didn't hear what I said. You are, tell the number say you are a new creature. He says, see, behold, all things have become you. See, I am a new creature. Now, hear this. Write this down. As born-again believers, we belong to a new realm. When I, when I use the word in the realm, a new zone. Realm means a new zone. Another word for realm is a new place. Somebody say a new place. Pay attention. A new realm, a new place. Christ, when you are in Christ, you belong to a new realm, a new place, a new zone or a new domain called in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say with me, say, when, I'm, when I got born again, I now belong to a new realm. Write this down. This new realm has its own reality. Write it. I want you to write it down. What do I mean by reality? I will tell you. Reality, I explain by two words. Expectation and activities. There are basically two kinds of realities. There is natural realities. The natural realities is the one you and I are in. How many of you can see me? Can you see me? Can you see my hand? Why can you see me? Because your eyes can see me. Your ears can hear me. Your senses can relate with what I am saying. This is physical reality. The physical reality is contacted with our five senses. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the reality we're born into when we came from our mother. It's to be born according to the flesh or the natural. Are you with me? But when Jesus came, Jesus introduced us to another reality. He said that which is born of the flesh is what? Of the flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is what? Of the spirit. So the flesh realm is the realm you and I was born into. Where our father and mother met and we came into this realm. All our expectation in this realm, follow me, has been a product of our education and experience. True of us. What you know now is because of what you, the school you went to and the experiences of life you have acquired. Is that not true? Is that not true? If you are, you are, you are an electrician, a very good one. Why do you do that? Because you've schooled in it and you've learned the job. So you know what you're doing. Is that not true? When somebody say, I'm a doctor, not, not that you are a doctor, you know medicine, you know electricity because you are not a doctor. 
Doctor is what you do. Electrician is what you do. You don't know who you are. You know that sometimes we confuse who we are and what we do. Say, I'm an engineer. Technically, you're not. You do engineering. You do medicine. You do electricity. You are not it. Judging, defining your identity by what you do will create a complex in your mind. Huh? You are not a lawyer. You do law. Law is your profession. What is profession? What you do, not what you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello, are you still with me? So our expectation in this natural reality is defined by our education that we have acquired through two channels. I mean, our expectation, yes, uh, our expectation has been defined by our education and our experience. There are some things some of you do now because of some things that went through, that happened to you in the past. If you have had experiences of not trusting people, most likely when you come to church, you will not trust your fellow brothers and sisters. Am I lying? Talk to me now, am I lying? Because that natural reality has defined the way we live in the natural. If you're the type, you've had experiences where you're always keeping to yourself. You don't like fraternizing. You don't like hanging. And in Christ, we don't do that. Christ is a different reality. But if, if you've not been taught in the world, when you come to church, you will still be doing solo. When you come to church, you know, when the moment church closes, you don't greet anybody. You don't, you don't, um, Jesus said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. For you to love one another, you have to get, you have to flow along with people. You just come to church, you don't know anybody's name, carry your Bible, only me, my own, myself, and my eye, and just disappear. That's not the Christian life. Bro. You are still operating with natural realities. Then, not only that, natural reality has taught us to be selfish. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Hey, mothers, am I lying? Fathers too, am I lying? If there are several children there and your children is there and there's food, which one will you give better? Is it not your own? Is it not your own? I know some of you are sounding very sanctified now, but you know what I'm saying? The truth. When you see all the meat and you see that very juicy one, chances that you will give your, your child is there. Am I lying? Are there, are there people here? Answer me now. Am I lying? Will you give all the other children the best meat and give your own this small meat? That's selfishness. That's selfishness. Natural really has trained us to be selfish. And when you are selfish, when you come into the kingdom, the kingdom is not a selfish realm. Natural reality has also taught us to be vengeful. It's called eye for an eye. You do me, I do you. You match me, I, I match you back. You show me, I show you back. But that's natural. It's trained us to be very vengeful. Forgiveness is very rare in the natural realm because expectation and activities in the natural realm don't really forgive. Corinthian Boom, who was one of the prisoners of the Jewish prisoner of the uh, Holocaust. I don't know if you've read the story of the Holocaust where Hitler killed over 6 million Jews out of hatred in Germany. There was a lady who survived the Holocaust. And she was preaching the gospel, talking about forgiveness. And, and you know, people were like, wow. So during one of the meetings she went to preach, um, people came to greet her and thank her for the message of forgiveness she was preaching. Because, hear me, the message of forgiveness does not belong to the natural reality. I hope you know that. <laughs> natural man is very vengeful. Though. You do me, I do you. You took her for my eye. I took leg put for your eye. So, everybody was greeting her. One of the person that came to greet her, as soon as she stretched her hand to shake the person, she now remembered the fellow that it was the same person that tortured her in the camp. When she saw him, she said, God, I know if you forgive this one. 
Because the memory of everything they did to her came back. You say, God, I can forgive everybody, but this one, this one, God, you will forgive me for not forgiving this one. And while she struggled, the Holy Ghost moved in her heart and touched her. And she broke down and repented and shook her with the man and said, I forgive you. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. It's not a, it's not a feeling. Most of the people we forgive, we don't feel like forgiving them. But we choose to because forgiveness is submitting to Christ, not our feeling. So I gave that illustration to help you understand that there are two kinds of realities. Now, the day you got born again, you were relocated to Christ. Your old self died, and a new self was created in Christ. Are you hearing me? Say with me, say, I am a new person in Christ. I belong to a different reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you still with me? To be in Christ is to belong to a different reality. What do I mean by different reality? A different, right, this, that. You now belong to the God kind. What did I say? What did I say? You now belong to what? The God kind. The Bible says, as he is. Answer me now. As he is. Say with me, say, I now belong to the God kind. What do I mean by belonging to the God kind? It means I now possess the same nature with God. I have eternal life in me. Is that not so? Um, say with me, say, he that is born of God has eternal life. First John 5, 12. He that is born of God has eternal life. So the day you got born again, the life of God came into you. The nature of God came into you. The Bible says you do not have the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and what? A son. Say, I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of love and I have the spirit of a sound mind. One of the meaning of the word spirit is the word nature. So when you say you have the spirit of love, it means you have the nature of love, the nature of what? Power and the nature of what? A sound mind. That sound mind is a gift from Christ to your mind. Say what me say, I have a new nature. I have the spirit, a nature of power. Say it, say it louder. Say, I have a nature of power. I have a nature of love. And a nature of a sound mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't belong to... Now, the thing with natural reality, natural reality can be oppressed by the devil. But the new reality you're born into cannot be oppressed by the devil. Because when you are in Christ, all things have become what? New. Everybody say, all things have become new. Now, in this new realm or new domain, you belong to the God kind. You are now called partakers of the divine nature. Are you hearing me? Stop thinking like a tribal man. Stop thinking like an Igbo man. Every tribe has a bias that it builds into the people that are born into the tribe. If you are an Igbo, there are certain biases that go with you. If you are quiet bomb, there are certain biases. Every tribe has a bias because anything man-made is always bias. Did you hear what I said? But the day you got born again, you must begin to think differently. Bible says, be not conformed to what? This world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Stop thinking tribe and start thinking new creation. 
You are not a natural man anymore. You are a spiritual man. Did you hear what I said? Tell your neighbor, say you are not just a human being. You are a God man. Say you have the divine nature and you have a body part. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not a human being. You are a divine being, a God man. God now lives inside of you. So you are not like the non-believer out there. You are a God man. God lives in you. Bible says greater is he that is what? In us than he that is in the world. For we are temples of who? Of God. Say with me, say I'm a temple of God. Tap your neighbor, say you are a temple of God. Tap me, say neighbor. You are the temple of God. God now lives in you. Let me ask you a question. When God lives in you, why do you think God lives in you? Because he wants to live through you. Do you understand that? I heard something yesterday that blessed me. It will take time for some of you to adjust. Christianity is not living for God. Christianity is God living through you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Christianity is God at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what Christianity is. It's not living for God. Technically, that's not the correct statement. We don't live for God. He lives through us. We're not trying to do. He is the one doing it through us. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's what grace is all about. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, now hear this. We are to live, write this down. We are to live from our realm. We are to live from what? Our realm. What does it mean to live from your realm? It means to think from your realm, to speak from your realm, and to act from your realm. The reason you are in Christ is to live from Christ. So living from your realm means to think like Christ, to speak like Christ, and to act like who? Like Christ. That's why Jesus said, He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he what? Do also. You are in Christ so you can do what he did. You are in Christ so you can say what he said. You are in Christ so you can act as he acted. Say amen. Are you still here? Are you still here? You are, listen, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You must act as one who is righteous because that's who you are. You must learn to live from your realm. The Bible calls you an overcomer. So you must think like an overcomer. You must speak like an overcomer. And you must act like what? An overcomer. That's who you are. You must live from your realm. The problem with many Christians is that though they are born again, it is the natural realm that controls them. So they respond and react like natural men. The same way natural men behave. Listen, oh, listen. The same way natural men behave, that's the way some Christians behave. They talk like men. They think like men. They speak like men. They react like men. They see like men. Once they hear, dollar is now 1,400. Hey, hey. That's natural. We don't talk like that. Let me give you some examples of living from our realm. The Bible says when men are cast down, what shall we say? Do you see the difference? When men are cast down, what do we say? I don't die, oh. What do you say? That's a lifting up. Let the weak say, I am weak. Answer me now. Let the weak say, I am what? Did he say, let the weak say, I don't weak, oh. That means, see, 
when, when people when we talk about walking by faith, faith is not denying the fact. Faith is refusing to agree with the fact. Why? Because I belong to another realm that is higher than the fact realm. So the fact that something physically is happening is not the final say. It only becomes the final say if you don't bring your realm to have a say. You didn't hear what I said. Doctor may give you a report. It's still an opinion. It only becomes a verdict if you do not bring your realm to bear. Do you understand what I mean by that? This is the problem with many of us in church today. We come to church, we're very religious, but we don't live according to our realm. To be in Christ is to live in Christ. Are you listening to what I'm saying? To live from Christ. That's who you are. And another realm that says, in um, Isaiah 3 verse 10, say to the righteous, it is well with you. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. It's not well with my account. Too. When I checked last night, it was 1,700 naira. You know where, 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 you know where. Nowhere, everything, no. What of your business? Upside down. What of your family? Then they worry me. What of work too? My guy hates me. You know what you're doing? You are speaking the realm of the natural. It shows you are, you are bound and limited by that realm. Your realm doesn't talk like that. Your realm says, say to the righteous, it shall be well with thee. So what do you say? It is well with me. What did your realm say? He said, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. When you speak your realm, you give your realm permission to announce their presence. When that woman's son died, the Shonem woman died, and he went to look for Elisha. When the husband asked, see, the son just died. The husband asks, is everything well? He said, it is well. When Elisha saw her coming and sent Gehazi to go and ask her, is everything well? What did she say? It is well. Was everything well in the natural? No. But what was she doing? She was speaking from another realm. When there was no rain for almost three years, the realm of God announced, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Physically, there was drought for three and a half years. But God's realm has altered his own position. And Elijah connected with that realm. When you agree with the realm, the cloud of the realm will appear in your life. The reason many of you are not getting divine support is because you are denying that realm. This is what Jesus meant by saying, whosoever confesses me before men, I will do what? I will confess him before God or heaven. And whosoever deny me before men, what will I do? I will deny him. What does it mean to deny? It simply means you are taking side with your situation against God. You are speaking. Every time you speak where you are, every time, are you paying attention? Every time you speak what you are going through, every time you speak what people are saying, every time you speak what you're feeling, you are taking sides against your realm. And two cannot walk. You want your realm to walk with you? You have to agree. You have to agree in the way you think about your realm. You have to agree with the way you speak about your realm. And you have to agree with the way you act according to your realm. Otherwise, nothing will change. Is everybody hearing me this morning? Please hear me and hear me very well. One of the privileges, which would take me to what God told me to share with you, one of the privileges of the realm we have, the realm that we have in Christ. Are you with me? 
one of the privilege that belongs to this in Christ realm that all believers are partakers of, write this down, is the privilege of hearing the voice of God. What did I say? It? Hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. To be in Christ is to be born into a domain, a zone, where you are given the privilege of hearing God's voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the unique privileges of the realm, the in Christ realm or reality, is the voice of God. The speaking of God is available to all saints through the presence of the Holy Spirit. The fact that the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you is proof that you've been born into a new realm. And that realm gives you the privilege of hearing God speak to you. Tell your neighbor, say, I can hear the voice of God. What did Jesus say? My sheep hears my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Say, I can hear his voice. Because I belong to his realm. Say with me, say, I can hear his voice. Because I belong to his realm. Do you believe that? Listen, this is very powerful. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Go to the book of Hebrew. Hebrew chapter 12. Wow. Can I have my phone? I don't know what happened to this thing here. One, just the top one. Hebrew chapter 12, everybody. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hebrew chapter 12. Ah, I deleted it. Okay. I mistakenly deleted something I wasn't supposed to have. All right, no problem. Hebrew chapter 12. Are we there? Look at verse 22. What you are about to read is what being in Christ is all about. And, and you will see some things, but I'm only particular about the voice part. To be in Christ is to come to Mount Zion. Say amen. Yeah. Say, I am in Mount Zion. Everybody say that. One more time. Mount Zion is a sacred place. You cannot go there if you don't qualify to be there. It, show, it shows a chosen place for a selected few. Are you understanding me? And that Mount Zion is Jesus. Say amen. In Christ. Christ is who? Mount Zion. So the day you got born again, what happened to you? You have come to where? Mount Zion. Christ is Mount Zion. Christ is also a city. Hallelujah. Say, I've come into a city. The day you got born again and you became in Christ, you've come to Mount Zion. You've come to the city of who? The living God. Tell the number so you belong to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem and to what? To an innumerable companies of angels. Tell the neighbor, say, angels are available for you. To be in Christ is to be in Mount Zion. To be in Christ is to be in the city of the living God, which is your realm, your reality. To be in Christ is to be in the presence of the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable companies of angels. You know angels are stationed for you. Some of you don't know. That, that's why you need to understand how to engage your realm. Because there is supernatural help for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Tap your neighbor, say there's supernatural help for you. Is everybody understanding what I'm saying this morning? Is everybody here? Look at the neighbor and say, are you here? Help anybody that is dozing around you. All right? All right, go to next, verse 3, everybody. Go to verse, uh, the next verse, 23. Where, where did he call it again? To be in Christ is to be where? The general assembly of the church of the firstborn. Who is the firstborn? Jesus. So when you are in Christ, you belong to the church. Is that not so? And the church is the body of Christ. Is that clear? Now, which are written in heaven? Tell your neighbors, tell your neighbors say your names are written in heaven. And you have also come before the presence of God the Father, who is the judge of all. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. All those who have gone ahead of you into glory. Abraham, David, Solomon. Are you with me? Elijah, Moses. These are the spirit of just men made perfect. To be in Christ is to be linked with every one of them. You indeed belong to a supernatural cloud. Tell your neighbor, say, I belong to a supernatural realm. You now belong to a supernatural association. You must learn to think like that. Hallelujah. Go to the next verse. And it begins to give us, it says, and you have also come to Jesus, who is the mediator of what? The new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. You are now under the covering of the blood of Jesus that speaks. Amen. Say with me, say the blood speaks over my life. Say the blood speaks over my life. Say the blood speaks over my life. What does the blood speak? Exemption. When I see the blood, I will pass over. Glory be to God. Now go to the next verse. He said, now, it now begins to tell us one of the privilege of that realm. One of the privilege of the realm. To be in Christ. Which means to come to Mount Zion. And he begins to give us, can we read it together at 25? See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not, who refuse him that spake on earth? Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. The word speaks refers to the voice of God. The day you got born again, you were entitled to hearing the voice of of God. Say, it is my birthright to hear the voice of God. Now, yes, God has spoken through the scriptures or the written word. However, the same scripture reveals in verse 25 that we just read that see that you refuse not him that word speaks. So, the same Bible that God has spoken, because the scripture, the word of God, the written scripture, is the voice of God. The same scripture reveals that God still speaks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are we sitting together? Now, you must know that God's voice complements the scripture. I hope you know that. Whatever the voice of God will say will never contradict the scripture. Are you hearing me? Because the scripture is eternal. Whatever the, what, any voice anybody claims that they hear from God that goes against the detect of the scripture, it, isn't God, it wasn't God that spoke. He heard something else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's voice always complements the scripture. God will not speak against the written word. Never. Now, let me show you two things quickly. What is the purpose of the voice of God? Why does God need to speak to us? Why? 
He gave us the scriptures, but why does he still need to speak to us? Why do we still need to hear the voice of God? Write this down, everybody. Please, this is very important for you for 2024. Everybody say focus and direction. Why is the voice of God important? Some of you just missed what I said now. Why is the voice of God more important? Are you writing that down? Are you? The most important thing in life is not where you are going. It's why are you going where you are going. Most of the things we do in life has no focus. We do it because other people are, are doing it. Those days, the three prestigious courses, if people go and read, they consider that their children went to school is engineering, medicine, and uh, what's the third one? And law. If they don't read engineering, medicine, and law, as far as they are concerned, they went to waste their life in school. That's man. That's how we think. So many parents were very sad if their children did not fall into that category. Say, say, are you born speaking, useless speaking. Never look at the tell me say, won't go read the history. If I read history, now I born you. So then, 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 yeah, 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 even get useless, but I say, now what you want to read geometry, astronomy. And where, where the, when I show you, Listen to me, and I'll tell you this. One of the deceptions of this natural realm is activity and pressure. Everything is busy. Have you noticed that? When you wake up, everybody sees somebody going somewhere. I remember when I went, to the, I went to Lagos the first time. That was 1998 or so. I've never been to Lagos in my life. I've only been hearing stories. When I landed in Lagos, the person that I, I said, where is everybody going? Somebody's jumping and entering the bus. Somebody's jumping down from the bus. Somebody's screaming somewhere. Somebody's going somewhere. It will continue like that till almost how many a.m. in the morning? More than 12 midnight. Then by 3 Aurelio, 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 show the open. I say, hey, what kind of time is this? It was then and then I knew I would never stay in Lagos. Lie, lie, can't happen. Me, Lagos, never. I knew by the spirit, I'm not talking about, I just knew by, that this was not my town. Everybody, and once you enter Lagos, the same impartation will jump on you. Somebody, somebody went from um, Lagos to Oweri. He had low blood pressure. So what did they happen for here? Because Oweri town is a clerical town. I schooled there. Very quiet. But Lagos, also, everywhere. See, there's pressure. Listen to me and listen very carefully. There's pressure and there's activities. One of the biggest mistakes that you and I can make with our life is to confuse good things with the right things. There are a lot of things we do that could be good, but if it is not right for you, it will not help you. Many of us are doing things for the sake of survivor. Pay the bills, survive. But God did not create you to survive. The problem with living for survivor is that no matter what you achieve, you will never be satisfied. You will have some, but you still want more. You will have a job, you want a bigger one. They are paying you 500, you want the one that will give you 1 million. 
They, they pray one million, you want to give you two million until you land in the hospital. Because <laughs> you're always looking for something. Because when your sense of satisfaction is defined by activity and pressure, brothers and sisters, you will have a sense of emptiness. There will be no purpose to your life. So God understands life and he designed him to be the direction for life. That's why Jesus said, I am the light of this, of this world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Do you know what the light of life is? Write it down. Focus and direction. There is always something your life should focus at every stage of your life. There's always a particular direction. That means where you should go in your life. If you are going where you are not supposed to go, you'll be missing what God has scheduled for you. You'll be missing all the things God has planned for you. That's why, brothers and sisters, we need God to do life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you, do you know one of the reasons many of us fall victim to envy? When you envy people, you feel that, I, I wish I have this person's life. I wish I was born to that person. I wish this person was my father. I wish I was born in the U.S. I wish I was born in U.K. I wish I was born in South Africa. I wish, never Nigeria. I wish I was born somewhere else. You, you, know, you know why we think like that? Because of lack of focus and direction. When you have no focus and direction, anything that is moving in your front will become your focus and direction. And one of the worst focus and direction I beg you, listen to me. One of the worst focus and direction that is Satan has used to distract people from, are you paying attention? Has used to distract people from their purpose is survivor. Everybody say survivor. Jesus addressed this who? What is survivor? Are you ready for it? Matthew chapter 6, Luke chapter 11. What will we eat? What we will wear and what we will put on. When survival becomes your focus and direction, Satan will have you where he wants you. Because you'll be living to look for the best job. After you get the best job, what next? You can pay some bills now. You can go some places now. You can travel wherever you want to go. To what purpose? The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he what? Gains the whole world and loses soul. Some of you are not married yet. To you now, your purpose in life is to get a husband or to get a wife. After you get the husband and the wife, what next? That's why a lot of people, after they get married, they just resign. They just, like if they are retired. Nothing else. I don't marry now. now. Yes, now. Before, oh God, there was one, um, this thing, a pastor posted on his uh, Instagram page. One, hey, everybody begin to pray. I must marry. I must marry. I must marry. I must. Pray, I mean, you know. I must marry. I'm okay now. After you have married, what next? See, I go get children. Oh God, give me children. 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 Okay, children are not coming out. What? What next? Man, when we were, were discussing. In a few years, Jedi is in year two, realize in year one. At the end of this year, he'll be in year three. His course is four years, both of them. 
In another two or three years, both of them will be out of the university, remaining the other two. And they'll go. If there is no purpose to your life, are you listening to what I'm saying? If there is no purpose, you will just realize Satan has been messing up with you, using, getting you to confuse good things with right things. That it is this lack of focus and direction that is the source of our frustration and depression. Because all these things create in us some expectations because they don't line up with God and we're not aligned the Holy Ghost to educate us. We, we, still, we, we are fighting God. There's a tension in our heart between us and God. And God knew that before time and gave us his voice to give us the clarity we need at every time in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everybody say focus and direction. Let me give you two scriptures for that. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Are you learning anything? Is everybody getting this? Isaiah 48 verse 17. And Romans 8 verse 14. I'd like you to put Isaiah 48 17. Can, can, we, can we look at the screen? What does the Bible, can we read it together? I want to go. Thus saith, everybody, thy, saith the Lord, thy who? The Holy One. I am which which to do what to pro tell your neighbor say God is your teacher who is your teacher what does he teach you so that means God is see the day you get this revelation that what God has for you is better than what you can have for yourself it will change your life the problem with many of you some of you think you are smarter than God so when you want to marry you don't ask God for direction Lord I've seen him Lord I've brought it's like Macaroni's daughter. Papa, I brought another one for you to come and marry. This is the one I want to marry now. That's what some of us are doing with God. I, Father, I found the exact man I want. God said, This one. He said, This one is not related to you by destiny. You know, my Lord, I'll, I'll go arrange him. I'll go arrange him. Just, just give me your approval. I'll go fix him. Sister Holy Spirit. Oh, brother Holy Ghost. Please listen. I will teach you how to profit. There's profit in life. When people suffer, it's not because God is wicked. It's because they didn't listen. What did he say next? Which leadeth thee by the way. Everybody say, by the way. That you shouldest go. There is a way to go. There's a way not to go. And the one who will show you where to go and where not to go is where? Is him. When I was in my, uh, I, like, I like reading. If I were to have my way, I would have been a, I would have like three or four PhD by now. Because I like to read. I'm academic in the way I read. I like reading, reading. My sister would tell you. That's where some of our children got the trait from. I like reading. Uh, uh, Mom is also a very ferocious reader. She can take big books and finish them in two or three days. Sometime in a whole day. And the same thing with Urella. Relic read a carton of book in one month. Different books. So I read. But when I was in my fourth year, I was praying and I was telling God I'm going to go and do a master's. And I, just, I was praying in one, I was in my fourth year, close to my final. I was praying, telling God I'm going to go do a master's in this, do a master in that, do this, do this. I was just laying up my plans with God. It's like the Holy Ghost listened to me oh, when I finished. You know what he told me? Say that is not my plan for you. He I, I stopped the prayer. I said, Jesus, name, me a good night. Because that day something died inside me. 
Then when I want to say, God, where do I want to go? Even as I was telling God where I want to go, I already had where I want to go. <laughs> I wanted to go to Ife. I wanted to go to Ibadan. That was where I wanted to go because I'd done my research and all that. Then God says, Portacot, there's a way you should go. There's some businesses in this town that is still looking for you. Some of you here. There are some businesses in this town. But you keep going the wrong way, so you are missing yourself. After this meeting, you will not miss yourself in Jesus' name. All of you didn't say amen, so that means all of you didn't agree with me. All right. There's a way you should go. Then in Romans 8, verse 14, the Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Sons of God. That scripture, what it literally means is that to be a son of God is to be led by the Spirit. Tell your neighbor, so you need direction. You need focus. And God will give you that. All right. What is the benefit of obeying the voice of God? Go to Psalm 81, verse 13 to verse 16. We've looked at the purpose of the voice of God. What is the benefit for obeying the voice of God? Psalm 81. Psalm 81. Please, can you give me water? Psalm 81, verse 13 to verse 16. Are we there? What is the benefit? No, water, water, water. Benefit of obeying the voice of God. If we are there, let's read from verse 13. You can open it and just put it here. Can we read it from verse 13? What did he say? All that my people had what? Is everybody there? I want everybody to see it. It's not enough to hear the voice of God. It's enough to obey it. The word hearken there means to obey. Are you still with me? Can we continue? What did he say? All that my people had what? That means they listened to my voice, what I said. And Israel had what? Had walked in my ways. The ways of God are revealed by the voice of God. A woman, the wife of a prophet who just died, came to see Elisha. Oh, man of God! One of your sons died. But the man, the oh, where, where? The what he was so plenty, say, the people want to carry me and my child now. Please help us. He said, what will I do? And the Holy Ghost said, ask her what she has in her house. She said, I have a bottle of oil. He said, good. Go and borrow vessels and begin to pour. And you know how the story went. The vessel kept being filled until the last one was filled. He said, oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. Go to the next verse. What is the benefit of walking in the voice of God? Go there. What did he say next? I should soon have what? Subdued their enemies and turn my hand against their adversary. Go to the next one. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves to him, but their time should have endured forever. Go to the next verse. He should have fed them, those who obey his voice, who fed them with what? With the finest of the wheat and with honey. Do you know what honey out of the rock means? What people call difficulty will be your prosperity. What people would call impossible will be your, 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 your ease. What people feel cannot produce, that's where God will use to bless you. Because naturally you don't find honey inside rock. Do you find honey inside rock? 
No, but God says, well, the kind of blessing I will bring in your life, what people call impossible will be possible for you. Amen. I will bless you with honey out of the rock. I would have satisfied you. Let me give you, write this down. The benefit of obeying the voice of God can be classified into three things. Anywhere God speaks, these are the three benefits God seeks to put in your life. Number one, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace, peace is assurance of rest. No struggle. You have been in the midst of a turbulent situation, but when God gives you peace, you are calm. When Jesus was in the storm, he slept. Why? Because of peace. When you obey the voice of God, you make way for God's peace to take charge of your life and take charge over the circumstances and situations of your life. Are you paying attention? Peace is one of the benefits of obeying the voice of God. Number two, write this down. The second benefit of obeying the voice of God is supernatural backup. What did I call it? Supernatural backup. When four nations came against Ezekiel and the children of Judah, he went to God. And the people gathered together and prayed and they sought God. Then God spoke through a guy called Amaziah. He said, hey, this battle is not yours, but what? Mine. Did you remember that? What did he say they should do? Put the praise team first. In usual war, you don't do that. But the voice of God says, put the praise team first. Then put the army next. And as the people began to praise God, as they were going to war, praising God, praising God, what happened? The Bible said, and God set ambushment among the enemies. A divine confusion came among them, and they ended up killing themselves. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? When God leads you, he backs you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When God leads you, what does he do? He backs you. He backs. David wanted to go and chase the men of Ziglar. And he went to God. Do I go? Do I pursue? Will I recover all? God said, go, pursue, and recover all. And he obeyed the voice of God. And he went, pursued, and did what? Recovered everything. If God speaks to you, supernatural provision will follow you. That's why it's important to be led by God. It does not begin with your effort and what you can do. It begins with what has he said. The third benefit of the voice of God, write this down, is provision. Whenever God leads, he provides. The statement is that every vision has a provision is very true. Anywhere God leads you, he has already put people in place to welcome you. It does not matter their status. Oh. Are you hearing me? Because some of us think that if God leads you to somebody, okay, how will you explain to Elijah when, when the, the, the something dried up, the brook dried up, and God said, go to Zelafat. There is a widow, somebody whose husband is dead. I have instructed, commanded her to feed you. Excuse me, let's come to the natural. This so-called woman, God says, I've commanded to feed you, can't even feed herself. She was even at her last meal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And last me, when Elijah came and said, Give me water to drink, and she was going to say, Bring a little food for me to eat. He said, man, uh, man of God, I hope you see well. Though, because the thing when I get is handful. It's just for me and my son. After we eat them, we are ready to die. He said, Don't worry, make for me from that. As long as the Lord God leave it, the measure of flour will not cease. And for more than one and a half year, there was supernatural provision in the life of that woman. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God leads you, he will provide. 
That's when God leads you. I came to this town with a traveling bag and transport in my pocket. And the transport was given to me by my mother. When I met to meet my father, he laid down and said, go. He said, God, go with you. That was a powerful prayer. God really came with me. When God leads you, you don't need to be afraid. Because if God leads you, all you need is there waiting for you. If God said, do this business, stop saying, I don't know people. You are insulting God. Some saying, I don't have connection. You are insulting God. If God talks, everything you need is in place. That leading is just to link you with them so you can begin to flourish in the name of Jesus. Am I talking to somebody here? Somebody say, glory be to God. Somebody say, glory be to God. Are you here? Which brings me finally to the three things God gave to me during the prayers, which we must heed to. Three things, and I'll share them with you briefly, and I need you to pay attention because these instructions from God represents focus and direction for us as a church. And since you belong to the refuge house, connect with what I'm saying. That's why I always tell people, tell anybody, say, settle down in one place. You can't be feeding from two breasts. It doesn't work like that. A, a man that gave birth to a child cannot be breastfeeding. Then another one that gave birth in the neighborhood will still be breastfeeding the baby. It doesn't work like that. Are you understanding me? When a, a woman gives birth, God enables the woman to provide breast milk for the child to support. If you belong to a place, settle down. Because if you don't settle down, the spirit of God in the place, the signature of the place will begin to, will, you know, you're not here. You're, so, so tell them, say, focus. Say focus. There are many good things in, around, but there's a right place for you. A place where God has chosen you to be so he can prosper you there. And the earlier you settle down, I know. So if you know you belong to the refuge, and settle down. Because I'm going to share with you three directions and focus from God that will empower your life to deliver at maximum in 2024 in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The first one is a prayer that God led me to pray. And please, can we stand up for the next five minutes and we're going to pray the prayer. I will lead you to pray them. You said the prayer after me. That's the first thing God gave to me. First prayer. Are you ready? Because some of you are beginning to wrestle with sleep. Yeah, I know it's hot in the night these days. So you come to church, anointing is here. Everywhere is cool. Okay. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Please permit me to take small water. This talking business is very small business. All right. Are we ready? Okay. Raise your right hand up. This is a prophetic prayer. Please, if you are outside and you are hearing me, make sure you are praying it. Because sometimes when some people go outside of church, they disconnect. Raise your right hand up, everybody. Are we ready? Say with me. Say, oh, Lord. Let the refuge house. Now, when I use the word refuge house, who am I talking about? Everybody say me. It's not the building, though. The building is just a place. Who is the refuge house? Me, you and I. So please understand this. All right? Are we ready? Say with me. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord. let the refuge house. It's like saying, let my life. Okay? So but, but let's, you understand what I mean. Or, or say, oh Lord, oh Lord. Let, the let the refuge house break forth, break forth. In, supernatural growth. in supernatural growth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Pray in tongue for like 10 seconds. Come on. You are speaking to your life. Angels are listening to you. Let the refugees break forth in supernatural growth in Jesus' name. Amen.
I said amen. amen. Then you will say amen louder with me so we are in agreement. Are you ready? All right. Say with me. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord. We do not want to limit you anymore. In our lives. And missed. In Jesus' name. Open your mind and begin to pray in tongues. Mandre Sugeka, Makela Doshka, Rebo Skila Telemango Breheka Tenema, Agalamango, Iko Pratiska Lipro Pateregada, in Jesus' name. Send me, say, Oh Lord, we do not, okay, sorry, say, Oh Lord, please show and remove any limitations in our lives in Jesus' name. I am praying the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody. In Jesus' name. So we say, Oh Lord, help us align with your power and flow in our lives and mist in Jesus' name. Open your mind and pray in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Oh, precious daddy. Help us not to grieve you in any way in our lives and dealings in Jesus' name. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. So let me say, oh Lord, oh Lord help us not to offend you. In Jesus' name. Pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. Come on. Silape, Palati, Kalushka, Prekoski, Patana, Upregedoski, Ladea. In Jesus' name. Three more prayers to go. And after this, I will send the prayer on the platform. You're going to pray it every day. We'll pray it every day, 10 minutes. I want to pray for the next 30 days. You pray 10 minutes, speak in tongue, 10 minutes, that's 20 minutes, every day. Then you put it on the platform. I want you to pray until this prayer is absorbing to your spirit. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Say what me say. Our desire is to please you only. Father, help us please you in Jesus' name. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lego brege dege 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 riba kolobo sikala makila to bahakradina. In Jesus' name. Now say what we say, precious daddy. Help us not to help you in Jesus' name. Oko kome begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Sibrade, brade ko shabala kanda nana. Rebo skila man, gregoska teka preke toskila. Pradinoska, baridoska, baridoska, baridoska. Rege dege dege riba kababa. In Jesus' name. Finally, on that prayer point, say with me, say, dearest daddy, help us not to ignore you in Jesus' name. Open your mind and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Salabade, pronoskilaba, yagatanana, mandregoskilabote kalada. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Please be seated. We will call this prayer pressing to higher dimensions of living. Are you hearing me? Pressing to what? Higher dimensions of living. 
we're going to send the prayer out every day. You wake up, pray it, pray it, pray it, you know, and speak in tongues 10 minutes, then pray the prayer. Do it for the next 30 days. Are you hearing me? How many days? Beginning from tomorrow. Next day, we call it pressing into higher dimension. Say what I would say, higher dimension of living. That's what I heard from the Holy Ghost. I heard the word higher dimension. So you are going to function at a higher dimension this year in Jesus' name. Each of those prayers were scripted by the Spirit. I was praying them, but I didn't share them during the prayer because I wasn't released to. But I was praying them. But we're going to pray them as a church individually in your life because this year there will be a definite turnaround in Jesus' name. The second inspiration God wants me to share with you, I received it on the 29th of January during our general prayer. And I want you to write it down if you can. God spoke to me. He said, I have assured you in my word that I will not fail you. This is me, son. I have assured you in my word that I will not fail you. That blessed me. Because if God will not fail me, he will not fail you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, faithful is he who has called you, who also will do it. Let me show you the scriptures that I got for this scripture. Go to Isaiah 34 verse 16. When God speaks, the scripture must confirm. Are you hearing me? To tell you that it came from God. Later, it described the scripture that the Holy Ghost ministered to my heart. And, and hear me, brothers and sisters, every day of this year, thank God for his faithfulness. When you are doing this prayer for higher dimension of living, one of the things you must open, I'll put it there. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to my life. You are faithful to me in 2024. Everything you have called, you will do it. Tell your neighbor, say, God is a faithful God. Can we read it together? What did he say? Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want a made for my mouth. It had commanded it and his spirit, it had gathered it. You serve a God who is faithful. And the faithfulness of God has been revealed in Christ. If God killed Christ for you, nothing God can keep from you. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Tell your neighbor, say, I serve a faithful God. Tell your neighbor, say, God is faithful to me. Do you believe that? So when the enemy tries to come against you and raise some fiery dart to try to confuse you, remind the devil that the God I serve is a what? Faithful God. Say, my God is faithful. Say, me, say, too faithful to fail. Say, say, too faithful to fail. Right, say, say, my God is too faithful to fail. Say, God is too faithful to fail me. Shout it, say, God is too faithful to fail me. Listen, I want the faithfulness of God to be the foundation of your confidence this year. I serve a faithful God. He doesn't fail. The Bible said his faithfulness extends to all generations. If he didn't fail the one before us, he won't fail us now. He won't start with us. He has a track record of faithfulness. So it doesn't matter the situation that is before you. Pronounce the faithfulness of God over it. Say, I serve a God who is too faithful to fail. And because he's too faithful, the you second that you will fail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is in your life to uphold you. Say good amen. And finally, the third inspiration God gave to me, I received it on the 31st of January. During uh, while we're praying here, powerful prayers, powerful prayers. 
Powerful prayers. And, and let me tell you why this, this prayer, this word I want to share there is so, is so personal to me. I take it personal. And I want you to take it also personal. Because I know some of you may be going through some battles. Towards the end of last year, God gave me three visions. In the vision, God, um, in, in one of the dreams, two dreams, and one, in one of the dreams, um, one of the pictures that was used on my father. In one of them, it was as if I was fighting with my father. Then my brother was trying to, in the, in the dream, he wanted to put something on my head. And I told him, I said, you can't do that. That I've told you not to try it before. He insisted. I said, no, it can't happen. So my brother, I said, calm down. You know that pops, so take him easy. I said, I know. I said, but that thing he wants to do, he can't put it on my head. Then I woke up. So I was like, what is this? Then I had another dream again, also involving him. Now, if, if you have um, messages of seeing somebody who has passed away, it's not them. What you are seeing is a message. Because he's appointed unto man wants to die. After this, then they cross come back. I hope you know. Once they cross, go that side, then they cross come back. So it's not him. It is what it represents. Do you understand that? And I can't tell you that because that's personal for me. All right? The second one I had was still in a different compartment. In the dream, it seemed to be alive. And in the dream, somebody brought a brand new SUV and gave me white. So he heard about it and he came. And in the dream, he was driving an old Beetle. So in the dream, he came to me and said, that SUV, I will take it. The Beetle, you drive it. I said, no, it will work. It can't happen. He said, I'm telling you. I said, no, me, I'm telling you. It cannot happen. You don't drive Beetle, bro. Me, my own is here. And I walked away. As I was going, I saw the, car, the keys to the car. I picked it up, and I walked away. I was having one of the vision. I had it second day, um, night to the second day of Sapley Believer. I was in the hotel when I had. I woke up from it. I was like, Jesus, what is this? Then the third one I had was God. An angel came to me and showed me a list. In the list, he said, "These two attacks were sent to you," and I told them, "Don't send it because it won't work." And he failed. He said, "But the other one on the list, they want to send it to." But I told them too, it will still fail. Some of the things that happened to me in January, you guys were seeing, was demonic reaction. It wasn't just exhaustion. I knew what I was dealing with. So when we're praying here, I sat down um, during the, I think it was like the last day of the prayer, or second to the last day. When is, when is 31st? When is 31st? Huh? 31st of January. 31st cannot be Sunday now. I mean, today is 40 now. When is 31st? Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday. 31st was Wednesday. I was sitting in the chair there. I think one of you guys were leading prayer. I declared it that night. Because some of you didn't know why. Then the Holy Ghost spoke to me. The siege is over. Do you know what the siege is? A siege is an assault against you. The siege is over. I know your, your amen is not done yet. When you see the scripture I want to show you, you know. Go to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. I want to speak to every one of you who any battle is waging over your life. 
waging over your family, waging over your business, waging over anything that has to do with you. Are you ready for this? Isaiah 41 verse 10 to verse 13. Are you there? Are you ready for this? Let's read it together from verse 10, everybody. What did he say? Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Go to verse 11. Behold, all they that were sieged, the word incense means sieged, surrounded. A siege is a soldier to surround something with the intent to attack. All they that were incensed against thee shall be what? Ashamed and confounded. The word confounded means confused. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Let me define confusion for you. They will come in one way, they will go back in seven ways. That's confusion. They will come in what? And they will go back how many ways? Seven ways. Uh, where's the scripture? They shall be as Come on, read it out. They shall be as what? And they that strive with thee shall perish. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee they that war against thee shall be as nothing. That means God has pronounced them nothing on arrival. Listen to this. They shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. What is nothing? What is nothing? <laughs> eh? Empty. Very good. There's another word I'm looking for. Empty. Nothing means does not exist. You were coming, oh, but before you got there, you don't exist anymore. They shall be as naught. Not in digit is zero. Anything multiplied by zero. So, in the process of coming, they will become zero. And when they meet you, it will be zero. That's what God can do. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. Come on, somebody say the siege is over. Shout with me, say the siege is over. The siege is over. Say to me, they say the siege is over. Write these scriptures down. Romans 8, 31 to 39. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we were killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than through him that somebody say glory. glory that's the word of God it's not me that said it, it's God that said it lift your hands and begin to pray I want them to bring the communion one more thing God said to me the final thing 
I just remember there's one more, one more, one more. Write this down. And that has to do with the communion. I almost forgot. Sorry. I received that this morning while I was taking my bath. Bring the communion. Please be seated. Let, let me just be seated for like two minutes. Everybody take your Bible. The fourth thing God gave me, fourth inspiration, is about the communion. When the communion came to my heart, I was asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what's your direction for this? It's not just something you want us to do as a ritual. What is your direction? Are you listening to me? Write this down. While I was taking my bath, I heard a weakness from the Spirit that the purpose of this communion, write it down, today's communion is a feast of champions. You are about to partake in a feast of champions. It says to remind them of the victory they have in me. It said tell them they are partaking in a feast of champions to remind them of the victory that they have in me. And I'm going to read two scriptures for you for that. 1 Corinthians 11, 24 to 26. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. Hallelujah. All right. He said, today's communion is a feast of champions to remind them of the victory they have in me. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 24 to 26. He says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Verse 25. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had subsumed, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it. In what? Remembrance of me. Let's read verse 26 together, everybody. What did he say? For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's debt till it's come. What does it mean to show the Lord's debt? Hebrew chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. As often as you take this cup, you show the Lord's debt till it comes. What does that mean? Everybody, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to verse 15. Are we ready? Want to go? For as then, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might what? Through death he might what? Destroy him that had the power of death. Who is he? The devil. Jesus, through his death, destroyed Satan. Is that not so? So Satan has been defeated. Say with me, say Satan has been defeated. Through the death of Christ, Satan has been what? Defeated. And what is the benefit of his death also? Verse 15, everybody. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We have victory over Satan and we have victory over fear. So when we take the communion, we are feasting as champion and we are reminding ourselves of the victory that we have over Satan through Christ. Say amen. amen. So as you partake of this communion, health will speak over you. Amen. Victory will speak over you. Amen. Rest will speak over you. Amen. Power will speak over you. Amen. Grace will speak over you. Amen. Dominion will speak over you. 
Rise up on your feet, everybody. I want all my ministers to come. Those of you that I said will usually come. Come forward. Come to the front. Can you start playing something on the keyboard? I want you to take this communion with a sense of victory. Say amen. amen. As you eat the bread and take the wine, it's going to be blessed. It's symbolic of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. It's a symbolic representation of the body of Christ that was broken on the cross for you and I and his blood that was shed on the cross. Jesus' body was broken for me, so my body will not be broken. So as you partake of this, anything broken in your body is restored in Jesus' name. As you partake of this, whatever was speaking against you, by the speakings of the blood, it is overruled in Jesus' name. That is a very wicked amen. Can you say a grateful amen? Can you shout a joyful amen? amen? Hallelujah. Don't ever take the things of God trivial. Heavenly Father, we bless you. We give you worship. We give you praise. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. I have delivered what you asked me to deliver. Now confirm your word. We stand over this communion and bless it. By faith, we take the bread. Can I have one bread? Just give me one. By faith, we take the bread and we bless it and receive it by faith as your body. We partake and eat of your body. By faith, we take the wine, which is the new covenant in your blood, and we receive it by faith as your blood. We eat your body and drink your blood by faith in your word and receive the administration of eternal life through this communion upon each and every one here in the name of Jesus. As you feast as champion today, I decree victory speaks over your life. Rest speaks over your life. Grace speaks over your life. Whatever was fighting you becomes nothing in the name of Jesus. Your testimony will begin to explode on every side. In the name of Jesus Christ. Receive this and feast as champion and go forth and win in Jesus name. Now 